Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation to this weekly Bible study and reflection for March 2nd, 2022. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to these Bible study and reflection podcasts on a weekly basis. It has helped me to grow into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. And it is my hope that it is helping you to live into that vision as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I usually enjoy receiving invitations. It means that someone is thinking about me. In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus extends an invitation to us. It is an invitation that promises rest for our souls. Here is the reading. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Of note is the word all. It doesn't say, come to me, some of you, half of you. This invitation is to everyone, including you and me. With an invitation like that, Where should we be placing Jesus in our lives? Should we put him in the driver's seat and give him 100% of our trust? Or should we ask him to ride in the back seat and let him know we will call on him if we experience any difficulty navigating the road we call life? I don't know about you, but I struggle with letting go of control and giving Jesus 100% of the control. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our refuge in this storm we call life, help us please to remember the invitation offered by your Son, Jesus Christ, to share his yoke with us. We are comforted knowing that Jesus truly is gentle and humble in heart. Lord, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to work in us and teach us to accept your Son's invitation 100% of the time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I can't think of a better way to get started today than to ponder what our love for God should look like. Moses is quite clear as evidence in these words he spoke to the Israelites prior to them crossing the Jordan River into the Promised Land about what love for God should look like. This reading is found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. One of the key words 
in verse 5 is all. Not some or a little bit, not 80%, but 100%. All. Practically speaking, this means you can't put something or someone ahead of God without altering or diluting that word, all. Moses spoke these words to the Israelites almost 3,500 years ago. This is the most fundamental expression of the Jewish faith. The first word in verse 4 is here. That's H-E-A-R, here. And the Hebrew translation is listen. The Hebrew word is Shema. These two verses are collectively known as the Shema and are still recited on a daily basis by many faithful Jews. Even though Moses was preparing the Israelites for life in the Promised Land over 3,400 years ago, these words continue to speak to us today. A few verses later, Moses warns the Israelites to not follow other gods with a lowercase g. So you might think, This really doesn't apply to us today, but it certainly does. It would beg the question, and that question would be, what other gods are there that we would follow or put our trust in? If you bear with me, I'll answer that soon. The next reading comes from also chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, verses 13 and 14. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. And our next scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, and it's a part of the teachings of Jesus near the end of his Sermon on the Mount. In it, Jesus tells us that we cannot love two masters at the same time. This reading comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, there's a lot written about money in the Bible. Jesus talks about money a good bit in a lot of his parables. One of the most misquoted verses in the Bible goes something like this. Money is the root of all evil. Well, guess what? That's not correct. The correct quote can be found in 1 Timothy chapter 10, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 
In this verse, Paul is emphasizing what Jesus said regarding not being able to serve both God and money. It all boils down to what we deem to be the most important. Do we place God first or money first? We can replace the word money with any material thing that we count on more than God, or for that matter, any family member or friend that we would place above God. If we define our self-worth and our identity by how much money we have, we will always be disappointed because we will just want a little bit more. I know people that wake up every day and check the stock market, and that, sadly, sets the tone for what kind of mood they're going to be in the rest of the day. And it's not just money or the love of it that will disappoint us. There are many other false idols that we can and oftentimes do link our identity to. In the times in which we live, there have been many disappointments and setbacks. Politicians, your health, pandemics, your earthly possessions, your favorite sports team, and yes, even your family and friends will sometimes let you down. Remember, I asked earlier what some of those lowercase g gods and idols would look like today. Well, it's those things I just named, and they are just a few among many. If we are relying on those things to define who we are and let them control us, we are putting Jesus in the back seat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should not have a favorite sports team or enjoy the fruits of your labor. And I'm especially not saying you should not love your family and friends. What I am saying is none of these things should be your first love. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was someone who would never disappoint you? Someone in whom you can put your trust and depend on. Someone who will always be there with you and for you. Is there someone that fits that description? The answer is yes, and his name is Jesus. When we experience disappointment in life, it can be easy to lose hope. Scripture tells us that the pain of hope deferred can feel like heartbreak. Yet, in his word, God also promises to fill us with hope. In his letter to the Romans, Paul lets us know where this foundation of hope is to be found. This reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Our next reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Now, as Christians, we have the strength to endure any circumstances because we have the Spirit of God inside us, and He is giving us the strength. If we place our hope in anything or anyone other than Jesus, we will be disappointed. I invite you to put 100% of your hope in Jesus. I promise when you do, you will find hope that does not disappoint. Now on this earth, we face disappointment, hardships, persecution, but this life is not everything. We are only here for a little while. We have an eternal hope of glory where there will be no more pain. Honestly, life is messy. Comfort comes in knowing that Jesus is never absent, but he is always present. Jesus is always renewing and equipping us. He will never disappoint us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for the hope that you have set before us in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. By being faithful to your will, your Son, Jesus Christ, took the burden of our sins so we may have eternal life. We lift up this prayer of thanks in his name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.